The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. So have you ever felt like you're on a bit of a hamster wheel, constantly running, but really never getting anywhere or at least anywhere that's meaningful to you? It is so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day routine of life and business, losing sight of the bigger picture. But what if you could hit pause and take a moment to reflect on the past year and really plan in a meaningful way for the future? In this Spark Hot Take episode, Brain Trust mentor Jada Selner and I explore a powerful practice built around an annual family retreat that integrates personal and business goals. Jada is a multi-time founder and CEO of Jada Selner Media and the She Builds Collective, the co-creator of the Simple Green Smoothies social and business phenom, sought-after advisor to entrepreneurs and best-selling author. And in her latest book, She Builds, the anti-hustle guide to grow your business and nourish your life. She shares a new entrepreneurial model for women centered on sustainable leadership, a practice framework they can use to create a business on their own terms, prioritize their well-being, and break free from the toxic culture that leads to burnout. And in today's episode, Jada details her annual family retreat and the prompts that she uses to create a really thoughtful experience that integrates personal and business goals. You'll discover the ground rules for the retreat, including negotiation and decision-making processes. You'll also learn about the specific exercises and strategic planning involved in identifying priorities and action items. But it's not all work and no play. The retreat also includes rest and restoration, and it's the perfect opportunity to recharge for the year ahead. Jada and her family have been practicing this retreat since 2017, and it has really transformed their lives. The retreat involves reflection and celebration and planning for the future, and it's not just for families. Jada uses this very same process with pretty much all of her business clients as well, and the revelations and sense of purpose and direction are always powerful. So if you're ready to hit pause and take a moment to really reflect on and savor the past year and plan for the future, then this episode is for you. You'll learn about the process of dreaming and planning for the next six months and how to create a next level vision for your life and business. And who knows, maybe you'll even be inspired to start your own family retreat. So excited to share this conversation with you. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers 
and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Hello, hello, our fantastic Spart community. So good to be hanging out with you. And a beloved member of the Spart Brain Trust, Jada Selner. How are you doing today, Jada? I'm good, Jonathan. JF. Awesome. <laughs> I, it's funny. It's like so many people call me JF in my life, but I can kind of like peg it to sort of like different seasons of life. Um, and uh, so we are diving into one of our Spark Hot Take episodes today where we pick a single topic and we just kind of go deep into it. And we have kind of like a special topic, a special work meets life, meets family, meets relationships topic today that I think is so on the top of people's minds in so many ways, because the last few years have really reminded us it, it is really one genuine blend. It's so hard to separate out. Everything affects everything affects everything. And we think we're making a decision about business, but it really is affecting us individually. It's affecting our personal relationships, our family relationships, our health, all this stuff. And then we think we're making a decision about our personal lives, maybe yeah. the relationship with our intimate partner or our kid or our friends. And that ripples out into everything we do in a work context, a business context, entrepreneurship. You have, over the years, created this process that I think is just so powerful and beautiful. So we're going to dive in today with Jada's sort of a really powerful process around creating a moment um, of almost like immersive reflection, um, exploration, and then also a bit of a forward-looking angle to it also. So Jada, set this up for me. Yeah. So for my family and I, we've been doing this uh, as an annual retreat. Sometimes it's a couple's retreat, but now that our teen is 15 years old, they actually participate with us in this process where we rent an Airbnb for three nights, um, you know, just a, a home with nature and the a hot tub is the requirement for daily morning, evening soaking. But what I noticed is I, I did a lot of strategic planning within my own business uh, with my clients and realizing, just like you said, that it's it's such a more integrated process of looking at our whole lives, the bigger picture of how work and our personal worlds intersect. And so I have been doing this, I think, since... 2017 is when we've been we've been doing it for several years as a family and it's just this beautiful practice where we dedicate one day to reflecting and reviewing on our previous year uh, we also celebrate the highlights the moments um, we're looking through our phones and all of those pieces and then the second day we dedicate to forward thinking to visioning and dreaming and planning and actually 
incorporating a lot of the strategic processes that we use inside business to apply it to our whole lives. And it's such a beautiful practice. I mean, you were asking me, how how is my family doing right now? And we actually just came home from our three-night getaway. We were on 150 acres of land. It was this private ranch with a private lake, uh, private hiking trails, and this is the best part for alpacas. The friendliest <laughs> alpacas you will ever meet. Our dog Beasley was just like sniffing them and interacting with them. And, you know, we soaked uh, the first day, I think we soaked in the hot tub for four hours, just talking and thinking and dreaming and reflecting. And so what I wanted to do on this, this hot take episode is take you through that step-by-step process. And I've kind of refined it year by year, very similar things that I share with my clients on retreats, their exercises that I share in my book, She Builds, the anti-hustle guide to grow your business and nourish your life. And being able to just how you can integrate this, whether it's a partner in your life or a very close and dear friend, just creating some spaciousness. And also I've been able to kind of consolidate it into three hours each day because my husband's attention span is very (laughs) short. And for me, I can just go on for hours, just thinking, dreaming, doodling, sketching. And it's like, I've got to, I've gotten it to a place where it's very concise each day to keep his attention on, on the plan. So it's, it's been really cool to see how quickly we can actually move through this process so that we have time. We were playing bananagrams. My husband and daughter, they just started playing, uh, what is it? La- is it Last of Us? The zombie? What's the oh, zombie movie? The End of Us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, they got the PS5 and started playing that. So we have a lot of time for playfulness, for rest, for restoration, but we're also doing some very strategic thinking, reflecting, celebrating, planning, and visioning for our future too. Yeah. So I love this and I'm excited to dive into some of the process with you, but also I don't want to skip over what you just shared, which is you've created something where also before you even step into the weekend together, um, you're really paying attention to, okay, so who's going to be a part of this Mm -hmm. and how are they wired similarly to me in terms of how much they'll embrace the process? How are they (laughs) wired differently from me in terms of how much they just want to run from the process? And how can we do something that finds a sweet spot where everybody shows up and feels like it's not just tolerable, but it's valuable and engaging. And so that you're really, what you're describing is before you even get into the actual process where you're like, okay, we're doing it. You're thinking about, okay, how do we need to step into this container or create the container in a way where everybody is good being in it for sort of like, you know, like the time required to really do good work? Yeah. And uh, even with Zoe, we, we, just have Zoe kind of participate on the day two and the visioning side of things. It's like not try to get them into too much, just little small pieces and parts. And that's been really helpful. Um, so I'll, I'll share the parts that Zoe actually does in the process. And it's just, just little pieces and bits of that. And also I think the environment is so important too, because uh, my husband was this year, you know, he was trying to say like, oh, why don't we just like go somewhere for the day or just, you know, and I'm like, 
I just had to be so clear on my request and need. Like we've done this so many years in a row. And I just said, this is really important to me that we stay and we sleep somewhere else. And that's where the expansiveness comes from of like being able to think outside your day-to-day environment. And so that piece is really, really important to me. So when you're thinking about it, it's you're thinking about the time, uh, the people that you're going to do it with, and then also the place of like, where, where are we going to do it? So the first thing is picking the dates. And that's what we had to do was really figure out where our dates align. And, you know, we did it over President's Day weekend. So we had that extra day. And then it's like, okay, so it's Zoe, it's George, it's me. And then finding the place and being able to agree on what that is. And we have our groceries delivered to us. And we only leave the location once to go out for dinner one time. Otherwise, all of our meals and nourishment is just in the space. So we really want like a kitchen and just a lot of space for us to to play and move around and also have some quiet uh, thinking space too. Yeah. So there are ground rules even just around what the container is going to be. And and how does everybody get sort of like a say? Like, is it a voting process? Does everyone get to say like, here are three places that I'm I'm interested in, and can we go longer or shorter? Or like, how does how do you negotiate that so everybody's yeah. happy? Yeah. So I think with location, we all pick out different Airbnbs or, you know, we have like links and things that we're sharing. And do we want to be by the ocean? Do we want a lot of land? So then once we get down to maybe three or five, then we'll kind of share those as a family and see which one is the winner. And this one had a foosball table in it as well, but the alpacas (laughs) what sold it for (laughs) sure. Yeah. Yeah. Love yes. It. And then for me, I mean, like I said, the requirement is hot tub. There must be a hot tub. I don't need a pool, but I need a hot tub. And I just, we have the best conversations during during those times and sitting in the hot tub. So that is where we kind of find out our location. And then I will actually, I'm a little bit of a scientific nerd <laughs> when it comes to this. So I have a Google Doc of our schedule. And then I am also taking notes like Jonathan, I, you know, for those who can't see us, but I have a spiral book of actually writing down in real time, how long does each exercise take us so I can mm. kind of get a sense um, for the capacity for the next time we do this or when Zoe's in included in certain exercises that takes a little bit longer because we're listening to their shares as well. So um, yeah, I I like to be a scientist with how I do this process. So um, I will start with day one is about reflection and celebration. So this is really the look back of, well, how did my year go? And for us, we start with, um, we always start with kind of intention, a prayer. Uh, my husband likes to call it ceremony where he's just lighting, you know, an incense or a sage or uh, some Palo Santos and just kind of like making a prayer for the weekend. And that's a really great way for us to just light the candle ground ourselves, and then we will listen to a guided meditation. And the one that we listened to to kickstart day one was actually Sarah Blondin. I don't know if you've heard of her, but uh, she has some meditations on Insight Timer, and there's one called Holding Your Life in Reverence. And it's just a really beautiful way to, to be in gratitude and celebration. And then we move into actually celebrating our wins. I talk about this um, in chapter eight of my book, Build Your Quarterly plan, but it's really just about 
just acknowledging all the beautiful, not just the big things that have happened, but even the small moments in our lives. We're looking at our phones to kind of jog our memory of what are some of those those special tiny moments that we had. And then we're also celebrating some of the bigger things in our lives. And then towards the end, we kind of find like, what are the highlights? What are the top three things that we want to remember from that year? But we start with dancing. Um, so I've gotten my family to buy into dancing. And so we will dance to a song, feel very celebratory. And then as we're listening to that music, we just start to brainstorm and write down all of our celebrations from the previous year. And then once we're done writing that down, then we just each take a moment to share all of our wins, all of our highlights, all of our celebrations. And it's, it's a really beautiful practice to be able to say some of those pieces out loud and start to see the patterns of what are the things that you say really matter to you. And um, one of my takeaways from when I, I did this was it was prioritizing time for the the smaller moments in life. Those were like the series of celebrations. It was like going to the, this concert with so-and-so, eating ice cream, you know, with Zoe at this corner shop. Like it was, it was a multitude of those were more of my highlights and celebrations more than just, I wrote a book and I published it. It's like, that's a big deal, but that wasn't the wholeness. That wasn't the fullness of, of the, the big picture of my year. So that piece is, is where we kickstart um, as being able to celebrate our wins. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, as you're as you're describing that, it took me immediately back to it was literally probably a decade ago now. Sitting down with Brene Brown on the podcast and asking her that final question that I always ask on the Good Life Project um, podcast, which is, you know, like, what does it mean to you to live a good life? And and her answer was something like, it's this, it's all the little things that are so small that we don't even think about that we steamroll over in the name of like the big things, not realizing like it's those little things. It's showing up to pick up your kid from soccer. It's like all the tiny moments that really make things extraordinary. But but it's interesting because so you're coming out of a year where you did, you publish this like fantastic new book. I I know how much you put into actually creating this you know, this body of work, um, and how much you care about it, how much you believe in it, how much you're, you're you know you're going around the country evangelizing it and being in community with people. And and this is this was a really big central thing in your life and a you know, a, a big win in a lot of ways. So it's interesting to me that even in the context of a year with that, you're like no actually. The, the things that I'm really thinking about most um, and that really land the strongest are just the little things, the little moments along the way. Yeah. And and I think what the practice of celebrating is also seeing, oh, these are things I want to repeat mm. again and make sure I make time and space for hot tub dates. I didn't just, you know, I, I go to a hot tub place locally at home too. And I would do hot tub dates with my teen. I do hot tub dates with my husband, solo with friends. And I'm like, that is the spot for me. And like, that needs to be always prioritized because I have such special deep conversations with these, these hot tub dates. It makes me think of hot tub time machine <laughs> when I, when I say it, hot tub dates, but I just, I'm like, all oh, right, that's something that I, I want to make a consistent ritual and practice in my life because it those most unfiltered conversations come up there. Yeah. And much easier to have those deep lingering conversations in a hot tub than a cold bath. 
Yes, yes. And something Ice that... Ice <laughs> just don't cut it for that, for that experience. It's like, hold your breath, try to survive three minutes and tap out. Um, yeah. Talk to me about some of the prompts for this day and for the different parts of the day so that people can get in their heads. Okay, like, what are the actual things or, or specific questions or prompts that I might consider along the way? Yeah, so, you know, celebrating the top moments from the previous year. Uh, that's a great question to start with and kind of celebrating the, those wins. And then what we ask at the end is who was the person that you needed to be or who you became in the process of creating those wins in your life? And that is a very powerful one in us kind of seeing the intangible gift that we get from reflecting and celebrating on our wins. Another prompt that we did is a retrospective. And so we looked back at our year to say what worked really well last year? What didn't work so well? And then what might we do differently this year? And so we start to kind of prime ourselves for thinking about, ah, okay, here's some things that worked. Here's some patterns of things that didn't. And then starting to prime yourself to start to brainstorm some ideas and strategies on how something might look a little bit different in the upcoming year. So that would, though, that's kind of the prompt that I like to move into after a celebration. And then before you even get to the next one, do you, so I, cause I know you've been taking a lot of notes and doing this for a chunk of years yeah. now, and you've probably experimented with a whole bunch of different ways to step into it. Have you explored the difference between sort of like saying, okay, beforehand, here are the prompts, let's all think about them, or maybe even do a little bit of writing or journaling before we get there versus just showing up and just spontaneously floating the prompts or the questions and just seeing what comes up in real time. Yeah. So we do the floating. I kind of, it's like, this is my time to hold my family hostage <laughs> and have them think about those questions in real time. But you pose a really great idea of what if I did send those ahead of time and being able to think about those. So this might be an iteration that we add for next year is to kind of sit and simmer without even needing to answer or journal or reflect, but just knowing the questions that are coming. But I kind of just capture them in the moment. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, I see both a potential benefit and um, a potential a limitation in sharing them beforehand, which is that we tend to center less when we're in a spontaneous moment. And I almost wonder if floating the prompts or the questions and asking, like saying, hey, like, let's kind of just like jot down a couple of notes or think or even journal about it beforehand might put somebody in a mode beforehand where they're sort of like, they're putting stuff down, they're thinking things through, and then they're starting to edit. Like, mm -hmm. well, what's What's okay? What's not okay? What should I bring? What shouldn't I bring? Right. What do I think I need to like think through more before I actually surface it, you know, with the other people versus just being in the moment and just kind of saying like, speak your truth. Like whatever needs to come out will come out. It's a safe yeah. container and let's just process it. Like whatever it is in the here and now. Yeah. And I think that um, what happens if adding that extra kind of like pre homework, which I think is very helpful too, especially for people who are more introverted, introspective thinkers and need more time to process. But then the process becomes longer. Mm. So there's this like, it's like, okay, I know two days, three hours each day. There's a there's like a container that's holding it that it doesn't feel like this big amorphous project and commitment. So there's something about that too, where it's just like, I just have to put my butt in the seat, show up, and I know for those three hours, I'm going to have that time to think and reflect. So yeah. I think that that's probably my intention for it is because I can make it 
it'll turn into a month long reflection <laughs> process. And as I've been told, like over the years, um, when I speak, people will, uh, it's not unusual for organizers before an event to say like, yeah, like pre-work is not something that people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as much as they like know it's valuable and would really help with the process, people really just want to show up in the container, experience it, do the work there, and then carry whatever they want forward from it. But, you know, we're all like, we're, we're living our lives and scrambling to create the space like often till the minute we actually dip into this space. Yeah, so, and there's yeah, this- Yeah, it's interesting. There's this term that's introduced in kind of like neurodiverse thinking that my life coach, Rebecca McLaughlin, introduced to me called body doubling. And that a lot of times I won't do things without a kind of another human physically present to the things that I know are important to do, whether they're mundane tasks or bills that need to be paid, whatever that is. But there's something really powerful about having other bodies in the room with you to help you focus on the task at hand. So for those that are listening, if you find yourself like, yes, I would love to reflect and review and celebrate and plan and dream, and you just don't see yourself getting around to it, finding that one additional person to join you in the process to have that body doubling effect can help you actually focus and and do the thing that you really want to do. Awesome. So, so finish off, like we were, you you were just about to get to sort of like the prompts for the later part of that first day. Yeah. Yeah. So then we moved on and we do body breaks. So we definitely like move our bodies. Um, I have a whole instrumental playlist that I like to play when we're doing these thinking things. And then there's just one more piece of this part, which is just lessons. What are the lessons and also any of the losses that you just want to acknowledge and name? So now that you've celebrated the highlight moments, and you've reflected on kind of the patterns of what's working, what's not working, what might we do differently, then it's to kind of culminate what are what are the lessons that you have learned in this past year? And what are the losses that you would like to acknowledge? And then what are the top three highlights from your celebrations that you would just kind of like to anchor in so that if people are like, hey, how did last year go for you? I think a lot of times we get stuck and we don't remember what were those highlight moments for us and so that, um, and that's it. And we kind of condense that. I think for us, this recent, sometimes we start at 10 a.m. Sometimes we start at 11 a.m. This time, because we were soaking in the hot tub for four hours, we started at 2.45 p.m., but we were done by 5.45 p.m. So that was really giving us some, some spaciousness, but also a container for the focus time till we kind of really don't go over three hours. Otherwise, we lose steam. Got it. No, that makes sense. So that's day one. That's sort of like, okay, so let's look back. Um, and now talk, talk me through day two, sort of like the forward-looking side of things. Yeah. So this is really about dreaming and then starting to create a plan. And something that I learned learned um, in doing this with my family and then also doing it with my clients in the last year or so is that our ability to dream forward is kind of about six months right now. Mm. And that like just with the uncertainty, with the pandemic that, um, so that's how far forward I feel like we can start to plan and make some commitments. And then we kind of like leave the blank open space for life and the unexpected to happen. So that's just a pattern that I've started to know recently because usually I'd plan kind of looking at the whole year, big picture, but now I kind of get to six months and then I'll revisit that every three months. Yeah, 
That's yeah. such an interesting observation. I've, I've picked up a similar thing just in, in myself because I'm, I'm such a futurist. Mm-hmm, me um, too. I'm constantly, I'm like 18 months out, th- you know, 36 months out. Like, what's my three year, my five year? And same thing, I think, because of the last, you know, three years or so, I'll think about it. But anything beyond six months or so, I just know that I need to hold really, really lightly because just the world is changing, work is changing, our lives are changing so rapidly that I think, yeah, it's just, it's shortened. I don't like to think of it as short-term thinking. I think of it as sort of like, you know, we're pushing the envelope of what feels available to us at this moment in Mm. time. But I agree. I do feel like it has been a bit compressed um, like over the last couple of years. Yeah. And even in um, programming and offers, like I really love long containers with people and going deep for longer periods. I'm like, oh, but I I just kind of feel like six months is where people are like, and then I need to reset and readjust. I I might recommit, but I just, I think that's that's kind of what's happening in the collective. And Mm so, um, yeah, I love that you shared that. So day two. So we uh, will start with another meditation and ceremony, lighting some, you know, some sage. Um, And for this one, we sat outside in the sun and just really allowed ourselves to feel just the, the warmth and the heat. Uh, this time we started at 1030 in the morning and we were like, we will soak after <laughs> so that we don't get caught up in, in our, our hot tub dreams. And this we dedicate about like 20 minutes. We'll listen to a, a meditation that helps us start to be in a spirit of future thinking, intention, love, really being able to just feel love in our hearts as we're starting to build and dream and reimagine what our next steps are. And then the exercise that we start with, and we had Zoe join us for this, and it was a lot of fun, but I call this your next level vision. So this is an opportunity to think about really to dream and just what are the the different things that you want to do. So I'll just so I have the specific questions and prompts for you so I'm not all over the place. <laughs> I'll read the specific questions for it because um, I know you're going to ask me for the prompts. Um, so let me find those. Here we are. Okay, so page 52 and She Builds. <laughs> so we have four categories and basically we have, whether it's a big poster paper or just you know a page in your journal, we basically create um, four quadrants on the page. And the first one that we start with is emotional. And so we put feel at, on the top left corner and it's basically, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your body? How do you want to feel in your day to day? Just whatever comes up with you. And so we dance, we get up and we dance to a song and then we start just writing, just writing as fast as possible. How do you want to feel? Um, and this practice that I do during this exercise is um, everyone reads their answers out loud and you say stealing it if you hear something from someone else that you're really inspired by. So it's so fun to just hear like, oh, what is Zoe? What words that I said that how I want to feel that they're like, I'm stealing it. Um, so it's a really beautiful practice. And then we move on to the second prompt, which is really thinking about kind of physical and it's what experiences would you enjoy? So writing enjoy at the 
top right quadrant. And then we play another song and we dance and then we count down and then we just start writing in all the different experiences that we want to have in this lifetime. You know, they can be physical things that we want to own. For me, I'm like hot tub in my backyard. Um, or maybe, you know, you want to uh, have a sabbatical in Paris for six months. Or I know you and I have been talking about Portugal, right? So it's like, what are these things that would bring you joy, these experiences and just being able to brainstorm? Then we move into the next quadrant in the bottom left. And this is kind of the intellectual bucket and we write learn at the top. So what do you want to learn? And this is areas for growth, for deepening, for mastery. It could be, you know, wanting to cook vegetarian recipes or wanting to learn. Um, my uh, Zoe wants to learn. They're in Japanese right now in their sophomore year. And they're like, I want to have conversational Japanese, right? So just thinking in these areas of what do I want to learn? Where do I want to deepen? And that kind of builds this menu for that. And then the last category is kind of more in the spiritual realm. And so it's how do you want to serve? And so we write serve on that bottom right quadrant and then we dance again and we just, and this one was actually, it was interesting this year that that one felt a little bit harder for everyone. Like the the list felt shorter. And so I don't know, I'm curious if you have any thoughts around that, but just based on people's capacity with everything that's been going on, that one felt like usually that one's really easy for us. And we felt a little bit like, oh, I'm having a hard time thinking of how do I want to serve? How do I want to use, you know, my time, my money, my resources um, to give in other ways? And that can be through your work, can be through volunteering. Um, So yeah, but it was interesting because that was one that we felt more uh, stuck on. But what happened is when we started sharing our answers, then we're like, ooh, yes, I want to add that one to my list. Or um, right now I... I sponsor four girls in Mozambique and I want to, I want to be able to sponsor a whole classroom. So it's like being able to share these ideas out loud, but that was, that was a space for us where we noticed that we were just struggling to come up with more answers. And I was just curious if you had any thoughts about that in this, this season of of service. I mean, it does it, if you zoom lens out, it kind of makes sense in that we spent the last couple of years just trying to take care of ourselves and those around us that we love. And there's been a lot of fear based around, you know, like literally just being able to get through each day, trying to preserve our health or you know, like both our mental health and our physical health. And, you know, there's been such massive disruption in the way that so many of us sustain ourselves financially that, you know, there's a level of groundlessness where the stakes are high in every domain of life that makes, I think it makes it make us feel like we're closer to survival mode than we have been in a really long time. And when you're in that mode, um, the idea of then actually dipping into a reservoir of energy and devotion and resources that would allow you then go beyond taking care of yourself, your immediate family, those you love, and be of service to people outside of that. I think it just feels a lot harder for a lot of folks to access these days. And I feel like so many of us are just now emerging from that place yeah. and realizing like, okay, we can breathe a little bit more easily. You know, we still, there's still a lot of uncertainty in the air on, on a lot of different levels, but at least we feel like we can touch stone a little bit more easily. And maybe that's giving us a bit more access to the bandwidth and the resources. And I'm not just talking about financial resources, but yeah. I'm talking about emotional resources, energetic mm-hmm. resources to be able to actually go to that place 
give on a level that we feel like would make a meaningful difference and not have it just completely deplete us along the way. So it's, it doesn't surprise me that would come up. And I would imagine that anyone who's listening to this who says yes to a similar process, you might experience the same thing. But I think you also offer a really important invitation, which is if you get to this part of the prompts and you're struggling, um, don't automatically assume, oh, what am I just more selfish now? Or you know, like, don't run a script in your head that like leads to any level of implied shame. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all living, you know, through a moment right now, and we're still in it. And mm-hmm. even if we're physically emerged from it, there is trauma, um, yeah. big T trauma and little T trauma that so many of us are carrying and will carry for a long time until we do the work to integrate it, and that's going to affect. It, it affects our resources um, and our bandwidth on every level. This doesn't mean you're selfish. It doesn't mean like there's anything wrong with you. It just means we're going through a thing and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that you named that. And also last year when we did this process, George, my husband had a hard time doing day two, like, you know, having his whole music business taken from him, like all of these pieces that there are seasons and times when certain prompts won't serve you. But the celebration part, that the reflecting of like, oh, wait, a lot more good happened than I gave myself credit for. Um, But the year before he was not able to access the future thinking because it was just like, I am still in it. Mm. But this year was so much more different and it felt good to like be able to see like, ah, yes, he can dream again and Mm. see what is possible for his life and our lives together. Love that. Okay. So take us home now. (laughs) Yes. So then um, the last part of this, we go into the quarterly planning process, which is we start with the dream bank. And this is where Zoe came up with the idea of doing 16 by by 16. So before they turn 17, that they would have these list of 16 things that they could pull from. And the dream bank is really just, you know, asking yourself, what if, what if I did this? And and I start to use the dream bank as project project ideas. So being able to come up with meaningful projects that you might want to do in the next one to three years and just give space to write those down. And then from that, we start to prioritize and put it in, okay, you know, in the next three to six months, where could those projects live? And then everything else, you just move it to six months and beyond. Um, So that process really allows us to start to focus where we have a lot of ideas, and then we keep kind of shrinking it down into what is our capacity? What is our our capabilities during this time and season of our lives? And it was really helpful for us to kind of prioritize what are the key pro- projects we're focusing on for the next three to six months. And then we'll check in with each other during our couples meetings that we do once a week to just like, how, how is that going? How are those projects going? And um, it was, yeah, it was just a really fun process for us to to do as a family and invite people to kind of deepen into this process. They're really simple prompts and questions, but allow you to start to connect to, okay, here's where I was and here's where I'm going, or here's my intention for moving forward. Yeah. Love this. And I love the whole process. Uh, And I love that it really, it allows you to to sort of acknowledge and connect all parts of life, grapple with, um, celebrate like what's happened up until this moment over the last year or so. And then really, it's almost like you're turning a page and saying, okay, you know, we've acknowledged where we've been. We've like sort of like described what we can learn from it. 
Now let's focus forward. And then the last part is, well, let's get into a more granular action stance to see like, how do we actually position this to say like, what, what is the part of our dream that really we want to center and put into our lives most immediately and, and then sync it up in a way where we actually know that we have, we have the ability to take action on it so that when we leave this weekend, it's not just like, oh, that was an awesome weekend. Like, you know, can't wait to do it again next year. And you go yeah. back the same, same, but you actually, you're sort of like, you're in a position to start to take action on what you explored over the weekend, which I think is sometimes a, a really big missing step for so many people. So as we send people off with this really awesome framework, any final thoughts? I would just really giving yourself permission to dream again. A lot of us are in a phase of of whether it's a startup or a restartup in our lives of just giving that 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 space and time to really think about what it is that matters most to you and and dedicating a few hours to prioritize that and and I think it's that that thinking time that space to think and dream really can shift a lot even if it's just a little bit right now love it Jada, as always, thank you. And to our wonderful community, love being able to be in conversation with you. Hope you found value in this. And if you say yes to this, share how you're feeling, share how it's going on various social channels. And we will see you all here next time on Spark Podcast. Take care. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, Take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.